Welcome to Between Two Curators, the podcast where two friends and, well, curators discuss art, life, and what, or rather who inspires them. I'm Cliff. And I'm Jen. And in this episode, we're fortunate to have with us Jessica Kruger, serial entrepreneur, founder of Luxtra, building in the fashion industry with a conscience through beautiful 100% vegan bags and accessories. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks both. It's lovely to be here, finally, after a few technical uh, difficulties. Yeah, it's wonderful <laughs> to have you with us. <laughs> we made it. Um, Jessica, we wanted to start with, you know, as always, a really easy question, which is like, how did you come to found Luxtra and also be in London, right? Because you're originally from Sydney, so that's quite a leap. Yes. Um, I think your journey has taken you through Paris, Geneva. I mean, you name it, and we want to hear it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I grew up in Australia um, until I was about 20, and I still feel very much a very strong connection to um uh, to Australia, even though I've not been there for about 12 years now. Um, I went and I moved to Paris because I've been studying French since I was about 10. And, you know, um, it, Europeans or people in, in London often ask me, what, you know, what are you doing in this gray, you know, city? Even in summer, it's, you know, not super warm. And, and what it is for Australians, we see Europe as very exotic. Um, everyone else sees us as exotic. So, <laughs> um, so for me being here, it's very, it's, it's very, you know, interesting and there's so much to do and see. So that's sort of why I'm, I, um, was inspired to come to, to Paris, even from a, a young, a young child. Um, and so I moved to Paris when I was 20 to, um, finish my undergraduate degree, which was in, um, international studies, which is a bit of like a, a bachelor of arts. Um, but the thing was it had, um, uh, it had a, a compulsory exchange overseas. So I was like, right, that's the one. No getting out of going, not going, going away. Um, and then I did. That's my, it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like one way ticket. <laughs> um, and then, so I finished my bachelor degree in Paris. Then I did my MBA <laughs> there. I was offered a job to work in corporate intelligence in Geneva. So I moved to Switzerland. Um, did that for a little while because I'm not very good at lying. Um, so <laughs> only lasted only lasted a year, <laughs> um, and then in in Switzerland you need to know at least three languages so uh, to get another job. So I I went to Berlin to start learning German, um, came back to Switzerland, got a job there in advertising, and then basically uh, sort of what what caused my move to London was that I became a vegan. Uh, this was back in two thousand and twelve, I think, um, and I moved. There was various uh how to put this in a short and succinct way <laughs> um mm -hmm. i moved to london to start a vegetarian restaurant i did that for a few years and then i left the restaurant after a few years and then started luxtra there you go long-winded long-winded version <laughs> i love it we love that we wow. have the full journeys <laughs> yeah and so many cities. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Lots of hopscotching yes. around, but that, that's great. I'm sure all that experience folds folds yeah, into yeah, no, it's... Um, to, to what you do now. Um, so tell us, um, tell us a bit about. I guess you know the the two main things there are in mm -hmm. London, both connected by veganism. Um, your first venture mm -hmm. ethos. Um, and then give us that give us that good old introduction to Luxra. Yes, yeah, so uh, 
the reason I started both businesses is, is very simple, very similar in, in a lot of ways is because I had a frustration um, that, you know, I was trying to live this sort of ethical or, or you know, cruelty-free lifestyle. And at the time, vegan food wasn't very big, um, you know, and that's why mm. the restaurant wasn't even a, a vegan restaurant. It was vegetarian because at the time, vegan was still too, like, radical. Too out <laughs> like, there. Too out yeah. there. You know, if you go to a... a when, that, when was that? Uh, About 2013. When was that? It's um, mm. when we when we opened, you know, if you go to a landlord saying you're opening a, a vegan restaurant, they would like not even take your call. <laughs> <laughs> so you know things have changed quite quickly, which is great. Um, mm. Then the reason I left that business was that my business partner and I sort of started to divert on our paths, so we weren't seeing eye to eye anymore. So one of us sort of needed to move on, and that was me. Yeah. And then yes casting around for what to do next I thought I would be with the restaurant for you know 10 15 years um but in the end it was only a few and I thought okay I tried to get a job didn't really my skill set as you can see is a bit hopscotch um so I don't really fall into neat categories trying to get a job uh, so I thought okay well I'm gonna you know, take charge of my future and start another business and the the um you know, I can't, for me, I need to do something I'm super, super passionate about. I can't go in and invent yeah. a something, I don't know, in a gadget that I'm not super into. So it was a personal problem in my life. And that was that, you know, fashion accessories, which I, I enjoy a lot, uh, were all made from leather. And um, mm. again, at the time, this is 2016, a lot of brands, you know, you, you they told you nothing about the process behind making them. So um yeah, I didn't trust the brands, I guess. So I wanted to do something that I could trust and feel good about myself. Yeah, I think it's really beautiful what you're saying about 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 trust, right? And sort of actually this idea of creativity stemming from frustration where you're seeing something that doesn't <laughs> exist and yeah. you're just like, well, you know what? I'm going to do something about it and I'm going to yeah. fill it. And I, and I think that that is just, it's so incredible, right? And it's the complete opposite of just resting on your laurels and this is what this planet needs is people who just get up and do and you know make things happen um and then it's also a form of influence and i was wondering i, I mean you've you've touched a little bit about that but you know why you know why a hundred percent why a hundred percent vegan um mm -hmm. and i guess you know, this is the consumption, the use of materials is a major challenge that, you know, the, the fashion, the fashion world is facing. Um, and, you know, what are some of your experiences in, you know, going in with your offering and also how it's been received? Yeah. Uh, so the first part of that question. <laughs> it was it why 100%, why 100% vegan, which I feel you've touched upon, but you know, I, I think yeah, that, sure. like, what, is, what does this mean? Like, what is, like, what does 100% vegan mean? You sure. know, I think there's some people. Why not 95%? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? not? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Well, when I, so again, when I first started working on Luxtra, which was um, 2017, the, I started it as a vegan brand um, and yeah. looked, went to all the trade shows. You know, I had no experience in fashion apart from knowing how to sew. Um, and a lot of the materials that you would go and find that were vegan were either, you know, most 100% plastic or peat polyurethane, mm. which is a petroleum byproduct, um, not super eco-friendly, um, or they, 
Is that pleather? Exactly. Is that what yeah, we know as yeah. pleather? Faux leather, okay. pleather, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, versus the sticky stuff. <laughs> that's probably vinyl. <laughs> There's vinyl. That's PVC. Oh, vinyl. Oh, and that's God. even <laughs> that's even worse for the planet. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at the time, I got very disheartened because, uh, again, there wasn't so much talk about sustainability. There was a bit, but not hugely. Mm. Um, and in the end, I started using leather, which was, um, which felt like I went against my my true gut. But at the same time, I did it for reasons that I felt at the time were um, pragmatic, because uh, it's a beautiful material, leather. Uh, you know, you, it's a byproduct in some ways um, of the, of you know, so you're not actually creating anything new. But then, you know, going down the track a bit more, uh, you know, I was working with a mentor and she's sort of like, it's not really you to do leather. And so mm. I, I thought, yeah, she's right. Um, so I had to reel it back in and, and um, to go 100% vegan, yes, uh, you could you could use like uh for leather and, and wool or and that would be sorry I'm not explaining this right um, so there's a lot of materials in the world that aren't vegan that you wouldn't necessarily think um, like wool and silk um, are both mm. not vegan even though they're natural they're not um, not vegan so um, not sure if I'm explaining this very well <laughs> you're explaining it really well I mean I had no you know that's one thing that I would have never thought about because you know this is the whole point like I mean I don't even know what that means you know right now the fact that I'm wearing a wool sweater in July it's upsetting and all of a sudden I just realized that it's not vegan either <laughs> so <laughs> upsetting for many reasons that that's <laughs> but, but to create a, a 100% vegan product you know there's also you got to look at the glues that are and the dyes oh my God. so mm-hmm. you know Going to Italy and, and you know, these people who are very much traditional and you know doing leather products since you know, for generations. If you then start talking to what, so, what's your glue made out of? They, they do sort of look at you like, oh, <laughs> gosh, who is this person that's come to talk to us about how to do the craft? You know, but now mm. it's it's changing. Mm. It's changing. So a lot of emails I get from um, from manufacturers, you know, seeking business, they're like, yes, we also do vegan uh, vegan leathers, and I'm like, okay, the world is changing. <laughs> mm. that's really great um could you can you give us a little a little insight into some of those alternative materials yes. um um on 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 your website there um you talk you get very excited which is great about pineapple yes. skin which is a complete revelation <laughs> to me i want to hear all about it um uh but also apple yeah. or other um substitutes yes. alternatives pros yeah, yeah, and cons sure. can you give us a bit yeah, about that so yeah. um so when I first started my journey in looking to alternative leathers, you know, phase one of my business in 2017, there was one or two um, companies doing innovative and use, innovative innovative materials that combined these fruit or bio products into the mix, um, which is now basically all I do with Luxtra is trying to find a vegan mm. material that that is essentially a little bit better for the planet than anything else, um, than leather or than normal faux leather. Um, so the one you've mentioned first, Cliff, is pineapple leaf fiber, which is called Pinatex. Um, mm. And it's basically they, uh, it's this wonderful woman who's, who's sort of spent the second half of her career um, creating this product um, and then done a collaboration with H&M, even though that's, 
it's, it's good that H&M are trying to improve. Um, so basically, you when you grow pineapples, uh, the fruit you cut off at the base, but then you've got all the sort of the leaves that are would otherwise protect the fruit a bit, I guess, that are left and mm. would normally be burned or left to disintegrate on the fields. What this um, lady did was take the leaves and you can what you could do is you can break them up and you get these long fibers. Um, you dry the fibers, you you wash them, you get all the gum off them, you then knit them into like a felt, um, and then you wow. can put this this coating on the top, which has like um, you know the whole product is not one hundred percent eco, like one hundred percent bio, because you do have to use a bit of um, um, water based polyurethane on the top to to protect so it doesn't disintegrate. Um, but yeah, it's a super exciting material. And there's other ones like that that's also made out of apple. Um, what else am I looking at? Um, a grape. <laughs> there's corn. Grape? Grape. <laughs> um, all grape of them have... so small. Yes. Well, it's it's taking the, the residue from the wine industry. So once you've oh, made so wine... Clever. They've got really all good. of the, the mm. you know the skins and things left over, and this company takes that and then mixes it in, mixes it in to create a, a material. So yeah, are these are these companies that are and people who are doing these innovations based in any one particular location? Is there yeah, is there a hub or is it completely all over the world? It is over the world. I would say I've seen quite a lot in Italy. Um, but yeah, there's the Netherlands. There's another one in the Netherlands. There's London slash Philippines. There's USA. Yeah, a little bit scattered. <laughs> That's incredible. I I I'm really intrigued by your your energy in finding all of these people as well. I mean, I'm sure some are reaching out to you, but like, mm. what's the, what, what is this, what is this, what's the process been, you know, for example, scouting down effectively, you know, yeah. these different leathers, the different makers. Um, then I, I also, I mean, do you create the design yourself for Luxtra or do you invite other people? Like what's this, what, what's the process, I guess, the creative yeah, sure. process from finding these materials to creating it and then, you know, effectively, I mean, selling them, right? Because you, you sell them on your website. Maybe you also stock them in places. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's been a journey, that's for sure. It's It's <laughs> been a lot of hard work. Um, and the designs, yeah. yes, they're all they're all my own. So I've oh, um, sketched them and, you know, prototyped them and you've got to change them and that strap doesn't work. All right, change that and add a zip here, take it off, da 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 um, I'm starting to do some collaborations, which I was just working on before we started speaking, um, with another mm. brand that's London-based. She does beautiful jackets made in Italy. So we're sort of mm. blending mm. blending both of our aesthetics into a into a bag, which I'm really excited about. Um, but to find the materials, yeah, it's good. to start with. I went to well, you start with Google, of course. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> you, know, you just type in randomly, uh, you know. Faux leather or non-leather eco alternative. Da, da da da. You can go to trade shows. Um, so some are in Paris, some are in London. You know, um, so you, you go and meet people. You call them up. You go visit. You get swatches sent to you, um, and you can get a, you know because it's super important the feel and touch um, of the material. Um, yeah, and you just sort of 
get busy and know that it's not going to work out beautifully the first time round, so you don't get disheartened. Mm. Um, yeah. Itchy pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> pineapple, pineapple leaves, leaves I fiber. Say. Yeah. Pineapple skin. I don't know <laughs> skin. Anymore. It's really catchy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's sort of the process, and yeah, and then the selling part and finding people to buy these new crazy new material products is is another challenge of itself but it's slow but sure progress hmm. what's what what is the industry like what's the lay of the the land because earlier you were talking about opening a vegan mm. restaurant um and everybody thinking that's a bit of a cuckoo idea um but of course now it's completely yeah. commonplace and fantastic <laughs> for that um what what's the kind of how are you finding the the fashion industry and what's the what's the market like at the present moment well everything's up in the air because of the pandemic uh mm. but pre that i would say that there's a, a big push towards sustainability a big push in the right direction as well and also you know the black lives matters move black lives matter movement as well has seen a lot more at least lip service paying to diversity, if not, mm. it's, 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 that's, that's always the hard thing for me as a, you know, a quite a switched on consumer is, yeah, you might be talking the talk, but are you walking the walk behind it? Um, yeah. So it's good that it's happening to start with, but um, I think a lot of progress, you know, the whole system is based on consumption and lots of it. So it's, it's a tricky mm. one to, it, blend sustainability with high levels of consumption it's tricky that's that's really interesting and actually you directly um have led on to one question that i wanted to ask you which yeah. was precisely that about consumption i mean i mean one of one thing that i noticed was your, your you know your mantra which is um you know buy less choose wisely make it last mm. and i think that's so beautiful and it actually makes me think of the way that i was brought up by mm -hmm. you know, my my mother particularly especially in latin america which was always like you get something you really choose it carefully you treasure yeah. it you make it last same with garments like if it if if there's a rip you don't throw it away yeah you fix it you mend yeah. it um and you know i also noted and i just want to like you know Put it out there but you were runner-up right for the 2019 sustainability award so yeah. i mean you're definitely being recognized Woo! <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> um, <laughs> um but maybe you could tell us a little bit more about like your approach to consumption and maybe it's something mm. that's changed i mean i know mine has oh my god it's changed so much over the last decade like um yeah yeah i was brought up in a similar way to you um my my father still proudly wears shirts from the 1970s and tells us that <laughs> I bought this sweater in the you know 1972 when I was in da 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 you know it's, it's very much <laughs> you mend things um, yeah uh, <laughs> it's quite embarrassing but at the same time quite cute um, um, and. Yeah, I think my mother, she would always say, you know, quality is forgotten long after price is, quality is remembered long after price is forgotten. Sorry, get that right. Um, so, yes, you mm. might invest in something and it might cost, it might be a bit of a gulp moment if you buy something, but it's you've bought it because it will be a forever piece. That's how I was brought up. Um, um, and, and, yeah, I mean, then moving, I think, Living on my own for the past, you know, 12 years, my family's on the other side of the world. It's made me much more, you know, cultivated my own thoughts and 
have had less of a familial impact, less influence from, I guess. So seeing the world in a new light in Europe and you know the, the culture here that has been for the past many years about consumption and conspicuous consum- consumption often, it... it it, 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 you, you find yourself getting wound up in it. It's like, oh, yes, that would be nice. But then when you step back, you can, uh, you can, you know, sort of think, actually, no, I, I don't really need that. But that's, that's been an evolving journey for me also. I've, I've enjoyed buying things mm. and, um, and I like pretty things and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one to, to navigate. I don't think there's, a, I, I also think it's, Going a hundred percent one way or the other is is unrealistic. It's really hard to, you know, you may as well go mm. and live in a commune if you want to do things perfectly. So you've got to got to have a, a touch of <laughs> a touch of um, realism, I think, if you want to live mm, mm, yeah. to do, realism mm, to do things um, somewhat better. Any kind of better is then is much better than not well, I trying mean, at all. You know, when I first became a vegan, for mm. example, you know, I would, you know, I'd drive myself literally crazy and to tears in restaurants because it, there was a little bit of butter or there was a little bit of this or there was egg whites on the whatever. And, you know, you, you cripple your life a little bit if you, if you go 100% the other way. So I think mm. to sort of uh, just, you know, mental health is also important. So I think... Don't beat yourself up 100% about things, but not 100%. Um, but doing as much as you can is, is great. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. And in terms of the the consumers of um, Luxtra and, and vegan and in eco fashion, um, do you, is it... Uh, on on the step on the doorstep of widespread adoption, I assume like most people are kind of looking for that at the outset. Uh, but you mentioned um, like H and M is taking on um, some lines, and presumably lots of other um, major retailers as well. Yes. So ex- your question, sorry, was how widespread is it? Oh, just the just yeah, how widespread the state of mass adoption, and and I'm still continuously interested in. Um, where around the world like is there a difference between europe and north mm-hmm. america or east mm-hmm. asia um or in india as well you know just um because you've you've been around to all these <laughs> different places and seen different markets and so forth um but yeah in terms of um adoption what's the current state of play um i think you've got pockets of it all around the world so um i guess every part of the world has people who are interested in more than the rest of their fellow friends and, and co-workers and colleagues, I guess, in, you know, being eco-friendly. I would say that still when I'm talking to people and I say, oh, yeah, it's made out of pineapple or, you know, uh, or this one's made out of mango, they say, what? Like, like literally stop or turn around or, you know, hand it over <laughs> and smell it. And, you know, so <laughs> there's still... <laughs> oh, smell it. <laughs> The mango does smell like mango. Um, uh, so <laughs> there's there's a huge way to go. There's, it's not like everyone's heard of pineapple leaf fiber yet. Yeah, no way. Um, uh, and I think also you mentioned yeah. you know, big retailers. I think why a lot of them aren't doing it, a lot of it not right now, is because these materials are quite untested. You know, how do they wear over 10 years? How, you know... Um, 
or you know how do they sew and do the fibers come through if you've got a hole in it and the sewing machine needle goes through it does the fiber sort of peep through the other side so you know everyone knows how leather works you know it's it's been around for millennia if you like everyone knows more or less how pleather works because it's been decades in the industry these materials are more newfangled so they're yeah they're they're scarier to big business that likes to know you know likes to be sure of everything Mm. That's that's quite interesting because it makes me think. One of the things that I found was really interesting on your website, talking about big business, is you know, I mean, I read an interesting book about like the business of fashion and um, markups, and yes. you know, and and so you know, if they can get a whole bunch of leather really cheaply, and then they add on their cut, and then another extra cut for selling it, you know, yeah, you're operating effectively in a different way, yes. right? Um, you're operating in a place of, um, I, I think, much more sincerity, much more authenticity, yeah. um, and much more transparency. I mean, co- unparalleled transparency, right? And I, I think maybe it's interesting because you've had this business background as well, right? And mm. kind of thinking like, okay, what model am I going to take yes. um, when I'm approaching the fashion industry? Um, so if you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think it's that. So the model that we're talking about is so the direct to consumer model, which is what I'm doing versus the wholesale model, mm. which is what most of fashion operates on uh, less and less. But that's typically been the model wholesale being um, a brand creates a product. They then sell it to a store who buys it at price X store that store then marks it up three X and sells it to the end consumer. So there's a there's lots of wow. people in the middle. Or, or, you know, whereas the direct-to-consumer model, my model, is I buy it, I, I get it made in Italy, um, and then I put my margin on and the consumer buys that margin. The difference can often be two or three times the price, so or, or mm. more if you're a luxury brand. Um, so the, the reason I've partly gone down that, that, that model, the direct-to-consumer model, is because I couldn't get into, I couldn't play by the normal rules because I'm a bit of an outsider in the industry. You know, A, being a small brand, B, not having worked in fashion, therefore no contacts. Um, it's sort of like it was the only option for me. Uh, I couldn't, you know, you go to um, fairs or you, you send your lookbook to big retailers and you never, ever get a reply. Um, so... Yeah, it's just the whole the whole industry is moving towards more of the direct consumer model uh, because there's better mm. margins for them as well, um, and you can control your brand much better. Um, but yeah, for me, yeah, the reason I chose that a because it feels more honest that you know there's not people in the middle that are just adding it up just for passing it through um, through their yeah. hands. They get a cut. Um, yeah, it feels much more. This is how, this is the way I want to shop myself. So therefore, I, of course, I'm going to do my brand that way. I love that. That's the way that mm, I want to mm. shop myself. And it also makes me think beforehand, being, being kind of like, what food do I want to eat? What kind of item would I want to buy? Yeah. And it's just kind of like each time checking in. Yeah. And 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 and, and doing something about it. I think that's uh, yeah, it's really inspiring. Well, it's a similar way with customer yeah. service. You know. I probably put a bit too much effort into customer service and you know, take time to speak to customers, but that's what I would want as a customer myself. And I'm really touched by brands that put that effort in. So that's, again, that's anything, anything that I want to experience myself. That's the way I try to have Luxtra speak to or interact with people. Mm. 
good good model to have and hopefully makes it more um more accessible, more democratic, um, being direct to consumer as well. So it's um, people can can seek out and find much more easily what what they're looking yeah. for, and uh, yeah, what what they value as well. Um, thanks so much for that, Jessica. It's been like a really great insight <laughs> into. I've learned so much. Your brands, your industry, <laughs> um, but we we will ask you the question that we ask all of our guests on the podcast. Um, it's toward yeah. the end. Um, and it's what um, what creative inspiration um, do you have to offer our listeners? I would say getting things wrong slash making mistakes in the sense that I was just I've been sewing things this morning and you know making a mistake I sewed too far this seam and actually you know those mistakes can often lead to oh look at that that's quite interesting. And you come across and you create something you never, mm. ever would have created if you were trying to do it deliberately. That's that's what I would say. So when you make go wrong or go off course, take a second and look at it before you try and correct it. Make more mistakes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I love it. I'd be like, no, I didn't do it wrong. This is just all part of my <laughs> Um, but it's, it's true. so true. Oh, that resonates so much. Yeah, I completely feel you. Um, and Jessica, if people want to follow you, the brand more, um, mm -hmm. Instagram, website, where do they go to? Yeah. Instagram's always a good place to start because it's nice and visual. Yeah. So we're, we're Luxtra London, L-U-X-T-R-A, London, um, or luxtralondon.com is our website. Amazing. Well, Thanks so much, Jessica. This Thank was really you. wonderful. <laughs> and um, no, thanks everyone for listening and join us next time for more creative chat. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye.